It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day. I'm at Nick Ashew on Twitter, nickashew.com slash Redskins. Chris Russell, 106.7 The Fan, sitting in here with me now. But first, I have to tell a story. The reason why I haven't done this podcast in the last two days, and it's been a disaster. It has been an utter mess, but I promise you it makes sense, and you'll understand why. I really haven't had the access to the proper things that I wanted to do with my home studio because I haven't had any power at my house and I haven't had the same access at the other studios I've been going to in the meantime, so it's been a little bit of a disaster. There was a storm that swept through, I guess, like the Maryland area a couple of days ago. Yes. Um, and it basically caused a power surge in our house. So my wife went to turn on the garbage disposal uh, at one point, and lights flickered, and I went home later that night, and half the lights are out, Wi-Fi's out, uh, I have a flickering strobe light in our bedroom, and I go, okay, we got an issue going on here. There is an electrical problem in our house. So, had to do a little investigation. Luckily, we don't own this house, and I'm glad that it happened at this house that we don't own versus our house in Falls Church that we own, because then we're responsible for all the really expensive stuff that could happen. Right. So luckily, we don't own this house, so it's great. So I just get to do the Ah, this time I'm not the homeowner, reach out to the guy that owns the place and said, hey, we got a major electrical issue going on here. Because of the flickering strobe light. Because the, no, more than that. I mean, lights were out in part of the house. They were dimming, then they were bright, then they were dimming. That's usually the sign of major electrical issues. So he said, all right, get an electrician out there first thing tomorrow. I'll come there. I'll check it out with him. All right, cool. So we basically turned off everything we could in the house, turn off the AC just to be safe. We were at the point because there's one thing that I didn't add to this yet. I started smelling this this burning smell. Ooh. So I'm scared. And I go around the house. I go to our upstairs bedroom, the guest room that's there. I look on a power strip. Hole burned through it. So a power strip basically burst. Put a put a burn in the bottom of the power strip. That's a, that's a surge protector, so it helped us. Things all burned up. I'm like, this is a problem. We're turning everything off. I'm unplugging a ton of stuff. AC's off. I'm like, okay. My wife got to the point where she took important stuff in the house, put it in our bedroom to where if this house catches on fire tonight, we're going out the bedroom door, out the bedroom windows. We got our pets there and we're gone. Like we're prepared for that. So I didn't sleep at all that night. This was Tuesday. 
Electrician comes the next day. I'm texting back and forth with the guy that owns the place. And I'm like, hey, all right, so what's the deal? He goes, okay, everything looks sturdy in the house. They think that it's your neutral wire outside of the house. Now, I, I know how to install light fixtures. I know how to do basic electrical stuff. I don't know all of the really big stuff that power companies have to deal with. with mm-hmm. What's running your house, where it's connected, blah, blah, blah. I don't get that. So you got basically two live wires and a neutral wire. The neutral wire that runs to your house takes the excess power, essentially, and runs it back out of the house. You don't have everything running into the house at the same time. Essentially like a ground wire? Yes. It protects you from having too much power getting shot into the house. Okay. They ran a test on it, and he said, this is probably the issue. So they had to send somebody out from the power company. Luckily, they're responsible for that. So the guy from the power company doesn't get there until it's like 9.30 at night. We're in the house. We're hanging out. Like Things are actually a little better. The lights look a little bit better, but I'm like, something's still not right. Guy comes and checks it out. He's called a trouble guy which is a great name for somebody, a trouble guy. When there's trouble, he shows up. Mr. Trouble. So the guy runs his tests with this meter. He goes, I can already tell you what this is, but we'll check it out for sure. So I'm watching because I just want to learn. I like learning about this. And I watch it and he goes, okay, so see, these are normal readings now. Now I'm going to basically disconnect your, you know, this, I don't know. He used the machine that basically tests how much is going through like one wire. That was thing was supposed to stay around 120. It was up to about 240. He was like, you're running full speed. This is a problem. So we're going to have to turn off your power disconnected to the house until the emergency crew can come and fix this. So we get everything set in the house. He pulls off the entire meter, disconnects our house, pitch black. So we're like, we're just going to go to bed because they can come and fix this in the middle of the night. The, you know, the, the power company has a contractor that comes out and fixes this stuff. So it's like 3.30 in the morning. There's these orange lights pulling up our driveway. It wakes me up, and I'm like, all right, they're here. I don't need to do anything. They know what's up. It was part of the report, blah, blah, blah. At that point, I can't sleep because I'm thinking, what's going on? We had the windows open. Luckily, it was a cool night last night, so we didn't need the AC. Oh, Thankfully, so this was now last This was now this last was night. Now oh, we last moved night. into now last night. Sorry. It's been a – honestly, I haven't slept in days, man. It's a blur for me. Uh, but it is really eerie looking at, like, Luckily, it's not blue lights out in your front in your driveway. It was orange lights, but knowing that they're out there trying to fix something in your house could essentially catch on fire for yes. a really extreme situation. Now, they said most houses at this point, this house isn't a brand new house by any stretch, but it's not built in the 60s, so you don't have to worry about really old wiring with that. Point is, is it was still really unsafe. They couldn't find, for some reason, where that wire, that wire that needed to be fixed ran. You know how, like, Miss Utility can come mm-hmm. out? And they find it, and they can track it. These guys have equipment first, but Miss Utility, I guess, is better at it. They had to wait for Miss Utility. So these poor guys show up at 3.30 in the morning, taking one extra job. They're there till about 11 o'clock this morning, after having worked the whole day before, taking a couple extra jobs to wait for Miss Utility to come. They found the wire. Then, on top of that, they realized that the, the wire that they need to fix is now going under our side porch through cement. So whoever built this stupid porch put cement there to stabilize it, but the important wires that run all of our electricity from the main source that's like in the street connected to other houses underground into our house. So it's stuck in cement. So they're like, well, we they, I swear to you, they brought a jackhammer out and they were like, we may have to do this. Then they called their superior and said, no, no, there's a temporary solution they can do. So they ended up connecting us to the meter, to our next-door neighbor, just the neutral. It doesn't affect anybody's power bill or whatever. Long story short, uh, it's safe, it's fine, but you don't want wires connecting forever. You want your own setup. So they're now have to basically going to talk to the guy that owns our house, and they're going to have to connect. They're going to have to 
reconnect all the wires, move the whole meter around, do all kinds of stuff because it's locked in cement and also running under the driveway. It is the most elaborate, ridiculous situation that I have ever seen from a power surge. But I'm glad that I was like, something's wrong. We need to figure this out. Like, I know basic stuff with houses, but that's it. But this was mind-blowing to me. I wasn't able to do, like, no home studio work, so I couldn't do the podcast for a couple of days. It was an utter disaster. But I'm just glad that they were able to come out and fix this and the, the like, the guys that came out and did it were great. We got them coffee in the morning. I was like, I feel so bad, man. Like, you should be going, should have been going home hours ago. But what a dilemma. And also kind of scary. Kind of scary that something like that can happen. So if yeah. you ever see things in your house, lights are flickering, they're dimming and getting bright, call, the, call an electrician. Get that checked out. And as promised, it's been actually, well, I guess a week. I'm not really sure how long it's been. I try to get him on on a regular basis. The Rooster, Chris Russell, in studio this time. Hello, sir. Cock-a-doodle-doo there, Nick Ashew. How are you? Hey, that rhymes. You did. Uh, so you were supposed to show up earlier to record this with me before the show. We're actually right. doing tonight, which uh, this podcast will be up tomorrow. And yeah. once again, was it traffic? Traffic, yeah, traffic parking, uh, bad scheduling, uh, appointments <laughs> running late, Um just pretty much anything and everything that could go off or wrong in the life of the rooster did go wrong. I've been up since 6.30 in the morning, and I still have zero time. Less than zero time. And I still have a list of things to do that's longer than this podcast. I, I, well, I can tell you this. One, I got less sleep than you last night. And two, I don't know how your schedule and how your mishaps always continue to work the way they do, but you this is like... Your time management, this is one thing that you'll never talk to anybody about as an expert. You can pretend you're an expert on a lot of things, Chris. Mm -hmm. You can say you know more football than Jay Gruden. Right. You can say you know more baseball than Davey Martinez. Right. And whatever you want to say, you cannot say that your time management is something we can teach anybody. Time ever. management is not my strength. I'll admit <laughs> that I would probably not be good in the final two minutes of, uh, of a half in an NFL or college football game. Perhaps it's be Andy Reid is what you're saying. Yeah, perhaps it's part of the reason why I defend Jay Gruden as much as I do when it comes to those situations because I understand, unlike the rest of you morons, I un and I use that term loosely and affectionately. Please don't <laughs> anybody take offense. I understand how difficult it is. If there was a textbook for time management or clock management in the NFL's case or in football's case, if there was a textbook, right, everyone would have the textbook, Nick. Everyone would be able to read chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, and four, and everyone or everyone would have a clock management coach. When was the last time you saw a clock management coach head, uh, hired by a head coach when he took over a program, either on the college level or on the NFL level? When was the last time? You ever hear of that? Well, it's not going to be you. We know okay. that. Well, I mean, you know, like name me the name me the last time or name me the next time. It doesn't exist because it's the hardest job in the world. You've, you've prepared this argument for a while, haven't yeah. you? Oh, yeah. This is how you defend yeah. yourself yeah. for being really late. All right, yeah. so Redskins and Broncos, the third preseason game uh, tonight. Technically, we're recording this on a Thursday, but it's Friday, so we'll say tonight and we'll, we'll just play like along with it. Everybody knows podcasts aren't live anyway, so we'll just play along with that. You didn't bring any bagels. You didn't bring any coffee. No. You didn't bring any spreads or I'm anything. I'm not Tony Kornheiser, so no, I don't get all that stuff, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> That's not the way that we it works for me. We both don't make Tony Kornheiser kind of <laughs> jingles, so... <laughs> Is Jay Gruden going to play Adrian Peterson for majority of the time with the starters? By the way, he's played in one preseason game, yeah. I think, in the last, what, like six years? Yeah, yeah, and it was uh, last year in New Orleans, I guess, in game number three, and I think he only had six or seven carries. So, uh, no, I don't think Adrian Peterson's probably going to, you know, play more than two series maybe. Uh, you know, I, again, 
two, maybe three series, depending on how those series play out. I would probably be surprised if he has more than eight carries somewhere in that range. I would like, I don't know about you, I would like him to have at least 10 carries. I said the other night uh, on my radio show that to me, the magic number that I would like to see would be 12. I, to me, like the guy hadn't played, he hadn't practiced up until Tuesday, right? So it's not only that he hasn't played, which a lot of veterans, certainly of his Hall of Fame ilk, Nick, had not, would, wouldn't have played up until this point anyway or would have played very sparingly. But he hadn't practiced either. So he could talk. They could talk about. Well, he wasn't breaking a sweat. He didn't need a towel. He didn't need a drink. Uh, he was in great shape. He barely had any po- mo- moisture on his on his brow. Uh, you know, th- I mean, they could throw every bouquet of rose that they could possibly throw at him. You know how the Redskins do this, right? Mm-hmm. Guess what? He hadn't been practicing either. So you haven't been playing football. You haven't been practicing football and this goes back to what last november the last time he played with the arizona cardinals because he missed what all of last december if he played 10 games last year for the saints and then the cardinals so it was at least all of december right yeah right so i mean it's not almost nine months where he hasn't practiced and or played football so again we're talking about and I realize we're asking him to play a football game, real live tackle football, maybe against second stringers, maybe against first stringers, who knows, with only three practices in his fold. But but I need, if I'm Jay Gruden, if I'm Bill Callahan, if I'm Matt Cavanaugh, if I'm the Washington Redskins, I need to see not only what kind of cardiovascular shape he's in, Mike Shanahan would always tell me and other reporters there's a difference between being in great cardiovascular shape and being in great football shape. Well, we learned that with Donovan McNabb. (laughs) I need to see what kind of football shape he's in. And the only way I can determine that, I don't know about you, maybe you know of a different way because you're in much better shape than me, although I'm trying to slim down. You've done a good job. You're working Uh, on it. Thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, Would you like to see the guns? Yeah, show Uh, me the guns. All right. right, There you go. Right here. No one else can see that. You are Locked On Redskins, your daily podcast on the Washington Redskins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Redskins. Anyway, um, <laughs> but but to me, the only way I can determine whether he's ready to play football and contribute to this team in, in week one against his former team in Arizona is... If I get more than four or five carries out of him, right? Am I wrong? It's 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 a hard balance for them because he's 33 years old. He's got a lot of tread worn off of the tire. We right. know that. But you also want to see what he's got left in the tank. You want to see how he can fit into this offense. Sure. Like, he hasn't, and this is the thing, is like, people do kind of forget that, like, he's not guaranteed a roster spot at all. No, like, no. not even close. Nothing's guaranteed until week one. So if you're Jay Gruden, 
you do have to spend some time trying to figure out whether Adrian Peterson can still be on an NFL roster. Right. And you do have – look, I'm, I want to see him play – I'd like to see 15 to 20 snaps at least, maybe even more than that. I'd like to see him out there at least to give us a decent sample size. I don't want to see him get too worn down because, like we said, we have to figure out – how he is recovering from the injury last year, the type mm-hmm. of football shape that he's in, and he's 33 years old as a running back. So you've got to balance that a little bit, but you got to give us more than, well, five carries is five carries isn't going to show you anything. And a lot of running backs, too, will tell you they need to get into right. the rhythm of a game a little bit. That will help him if they're able to do that. Yeah, and besides, what, what, what's what the it, worst what, that could happen, Chris, is he gets hurt? Well, yeah. It's not like they're all the running backs haven't gotten hurt already anyway. Exactly, and that's the reason why he's here. That's the reason why he's got that opportunity. So let me, let me throw this out at you. You say 15 to 20 snaps. I agree with you somewhere in that na- neighborhood, if not more. But what happens if... Just let's use the round number of 20 snaps. What happens if it's 20 snaps, but he only gets six rushing attempts? And maybe no targets in the screen game or in the pass game, which isn't his strength to begin with, right? So what happens if then also he's not, uh, for whatever reason, asked to pick up any blitzes because they're using Capri Bibbs on third down, which I would presume they would do, right? Mm-hmm. So so say he plays four series, for argument's sake, and say he plays a total of 20 snaps, and but for whatever reason, because they want to uh, test out certain things in the pass game, he only carries, again, the ball. So, to me, that's not enough either. If I'm going to put him out there, again, 18, 19, 20 snaps, just using that round number, I want to see him get oiled up, greased up. I want to see him get lathered up. You bet you do want to see yeah. him get all those things. Uh, I mean, I want to see this whole thing. Way to make it do- awkward as hell, well, by the way. I'm just saying. You want I mean, to see Adrian Peterson get oiled up and greased up. I want right. to see. Well, Go Jay, check out the old body issues from ESPN <laughs> the magazine. You'll Jay get Gruden that. Jay Gruden said he wanted to see him get lathered up, so I'm just trying to use some <laughs> colorful words. I want to see him work up a sweat. And if he's going to be out there again for 20, 20 snaps, how about giving me 9, 10 carries? Something like that. About half of the snap count, that kind of a ratio, because that, while that won't still tell you anything definitively, Nick, it'll tell me more than five carries. Will Adrian Peterson make this team? Will he be on the roster week one? I think so, yes, because... I don't think they can trust Byron Marshall, one, and ultimately I think he either gets IR'd or cut, and maybe he gets brought back at another point. I also don't think between the injury right now, the ball security issues, and the tentativeness, they don't fully trust. I know they don't fully trust Samaj P. Right, right, which makes sense. Sure, and whatever they want to say about Rob Kelly and – I think everybody thinks Jay loves Rob. Remember, oh, he does. What, what, what Rob? I what, love Rob what, Kelly. Right, I but love what Rob Jay Kelly. says in press conferences isn't always a hundred percent exactly you're, accurate. You're right? saying a coach lies in yeah, press conferences, yeah, or he colors it up Whoa. a little bit, right? So, I think he likes Rob Kelly. I don't know he if he's married like stake his job on. So, for that reason, I think Adrian Peterson does ultimately make the roster. If you're asking me, do I think Adrian Peterson is here, say, when the Redskins go to play in New Orleans, Monday night football in early October, that one I would say is less than 50-50. It really is amazing that we once again already, we're just into the, still, this is still the preseason, we're still having conversations about this team being desperate because of injuries. Yeah. Like, 
I don't know if there's an answer. Look, I understand it's football. It's big, grown men smashing into each other, and things like this happen. But like with what we saw last year, and then we heard some conversation from players about you know the training staff and the medical staff and how they maybe handle injuries. At what point, if this continues this season, let's say, at what point do you start trying to figure that out as an organization? And can you at all? Well, so here's so here's my answer to that, right? They tried to figure that out. They tried to blame the strength and conditioning coach two years ago, who, by the way, Jay brought here, Mike Clark, and they fired him a year plus now ago, and they put in charge Chad Englehart, in char- the, the head of strength and conditioning, who's been here for a long time. He was Ray Wright, who Mike Shanahan brought here. He was his assistant, um, and and and... and Chad has been here for now, what, eight years plus and running. So, you know, I I guess you could always, again, completely go outside of the building um, and go a completely different approach. But I don't know how many different approaches there are to strength and conditioning. If there are many more, I, they haven't found it yet. So, so maybe you can go there. I know they have significantly upgraded their facilities. I know they've upgraded their uh, their medical type um uh, things that they use for recovery. And um, th- this is the the area that I think befuddles the mind the most. How they're just getting to this point now with some of the modern day recovery techniques and machines and units and things that athletes and teams and facilities have been using for years. I'll give you a for instance, okay? All right. Um, There have been players, Trent Murphy was cited as as being responsible for having brought in some of of this new equipment that the Redskins are using, right? And I don't know the names of it, and I'm not going to bore the audience. I'm sure it cost a fortune, right? The Redskins can easily afford it like a cup of coffee. Right. It should have been there all along. The Redskins executive management would spare no expense at going around to every single stadium that I would travel to as part of the Redskins broadcast crew for five years. The second we got to a road city, the second we got to a road stadium, trying to look at and canvas every new stadium in the league and every current and existing and updated stadium to see how they could improve FedEx Field, to see how they could make more money and squeeze more life and juice out of FedEx Field and how they could build their new stadium. They never, ever thought, hmm, how do we improve the day-to-day health of our franchise by investing more in the day-to-day wellness of our franchise in the biggest way possible that would ultimately translate to wins? They thought, oh, well, if we have a bigger scoreboard, that's going to make us more money. (laughs) They didn't realize that, hey, if we invest a couple of million dollars in this Whirlpool or this jet spa or this recovery tank, Nick, and and, and I'm using generic examples right, right. that maybe, just maybe, they could get players back healthier, quicker, faster, safer, what have you, and maybe that might equal another win or another two wins, or maybe that might get 
them to be a better football team. There's no guarantees. I got it. But it seems to work for other teams a little bit better than it has for the Redskins. Maybe I'm wrong, but if they had just taken that a little more seriously instead of trying to build a new stadium or try to squeeze more money out of FedEx Field, I think they would have been in better shape than they are. All right, real quick, tonight, what do you want to see out of this third preseason game from the Redskins? I got to go quick here. Right? Yeah. Okay. They got to punch it in the red zone. Five for five on field goals last week against the Jets. To me, I don't care who the quarterback is, whether it's Alex Smith, Colt McCoy, Kevin Hulk Hogan, whatever. They've got to punch it in the red zone, right? At least once, but I'd like to see at least 50% in the red zone, whether it's one of two, two of four, three of six, whatever it is, right? Punch it in the red zone. Get seven points. That's number one. Of course, I want to see Adrian Peterson, as we talked about, you know, nine, 10 carries, somewhere in that range. On defense, I'd like to see that first-team defense. They had two really good series against the New York Jets. Now let's build on that. How about four good series? How about three? If they play four good series, how about three three three-and-outs? I know that's a lot to ask for, maybe, but three three three-and-outs out of the first-team defense, Mm -hmm. those are a couple of big-picture items that I'd like to see out of this Redskins team tonight against a Denver Bronco team that, you know, has remodeled a little bit, Case Keenum at quarterback, um, you know, we know they have a good front seven on defense. Well, we know they have a good defense, period, and they added to it in the draft. All right, from time management to traffic issues, he's Chris Russell, yes. at WrestleMania621 on Twitter. Uh, give him a follow. Always good talking to you, buddy. Thanks, pal. Appreciate you. All right, we're going to hear from Jay Gruden next in his press conference leading up to the game tonight. It's the Locked on Redskins. You are Locked on Redskins, your daily podcast on the Washington Redskins, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The start of the NFL regular season is actually right around the corner. And this season, don't sit around watching the Redskins from home when you can be at FedEx Field and the crowd cheering on in person thanks to Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is offering Locked On Redskins listeners 10% off your first ticket order when you use the exclusive promo code Locked On. That's Locked On. New customers only, and this offer is only good through the end of August. So you got to get started right away. Preseason and regular season tickets are available now. The Redskins kick off their home schedule on September 16th against the Colts, and you can be there for all the excitement go to vividseats.com or download the app and enter promo code locked on for 10 percent off your first order the offseason's over the nfl is back and vivid seats wants to help you get to the game you are locked on redskins ready to go um do you have a a game plan for the preseason game as far as the starters go i do have a game plan i just haven't figured it out yet I'll uh, decide that. Everybody's preparing to play, and uh, they don't know how long they're going to play. I'm going to have a meeting tomorrow with our staff and our uh, training staff, and uh, we'll go from there. Is it fair to say we'll be more playing time for the starters than we've seen so far? It's fair to say anything you want nowadays, so you can say whatever you want. (laughs) I I don't know exactly how long they're going to play. We saw Samaje out there just stretching. Did he do any teamwork at all? He did individual today. He's getting better. I expect them uh, to be out for the game, but expect them to play the fourth game. Do we know of anybody else who will definitively be out on Friday? Out? 
Uh, Chris Thompson will be out for sure. Um, Stacy McGee will be out for sure. Uh, Trent, don't know yet. Jordan will be out for sure, yes. Yeah, I realize it's only second day of Adrian Peterson, but I mean, with a young team, do you do you use him in any way to kind of you know mentor these guys a little bit? Or are we just so early in it you can't really? You know, it's early. His head swimming right now as far as trying to get himself ready mentally to play. But you know, you can see he's already uh, impressed a lot of people out here just the way he runs and how fast he works and and uh, you know how dedicated it is to his craft. So uh, it, it won't be long before he rubs off on anybody and everybody. How much would you like to see him Friday just to get a feel for what he can do? That's a good question. You know, I think a lot will be determined on how many of the offensive linemen I have in the game. You know, uh, we'll see. Like the first half, I'd like to get him, you know, some touches, try to get a good lather going. And how hard, it, when you have a guy, because you guys are trying to determine what he still has left and all that, how much can you really tell by six, seven, eight carries in a game? What can you tell in that situation? Well, I think you tell by the whole body of work that he's put on throughout his career. I think the big thing you try to see the first seven or eight carries is just getting out of the huddle and uh, having the plays register in his mind how quickly he can adapt to our audibles and all that uh, that go into an offensive game plan. Um, so try to give him a feel for the quarterback, the snap count, uh, our linemen, our blocking schemes. Um, but as far as viewing him as a player and what he can do, I think the most important thing is just in the system what he can do. Jay, it seemed like um, maybe the fewest guys out today than we've had in a while. Uh, is there a guys? Is the team just in generally getting healthier? Number one, number two. Is there a little bit more emphasis kind of going into this third game uh, because that's one of those games you can get more work in? I think we're just getting healthier, really. I think there's been some guys with some nagging injuries, not too serious of injuries. They just need a couple days here and there. And I think there's a few other guys that could probably play that won't play. Just keep them out because we have a good three weeks before our first regular season game. Um, so uh, we'll be careful, a little bit more careful now than we would be in regular season. But it is good to see pretty much a full roster out there practicing for the first time in a while. When Vernon signed here a couple years ago, was there an adjustment for him that you noticed of taking a smaller role with Jordan here and anything like that? Uh, not really. You know, Vernon has been just a perfect guy to coach, really. He's never complained, never said boo. He just comes out, does what he's asked, and does it 100 miles an hour. So uh, there's been some coaching we've had to do with him as far as transitioning into our terminology, uh, some learning for him. But for the most part, uh, he, he just goes out and plays. He loves football and uh, loves to be coached and loves to practice. He hasn't missed one practice, knock on wood. So uh, he's never been an issue as far as that concerned. With Jordan and to some extent Chris as well, was this always part of the plan for them not to play this week or is this something that has come up more recently? No, it's been the plan. Yeah, we've got to get them ready. They're, they're practicing more. Chris is doing more and more. Jordan's doing more and more. And uh, they're getting themselves ready. With where they're at that if this was a regular season week and there was a game on Sunday that mattered that both of them could play? Uh, I, I believe so. I believe so. But uh, luckily that's not the case. We've got another two and a half, three weeks for them to really, really get some good practice sessions in, um, get, get with Alex and uh, get a quality work in, not only for them but for Alex, but also for their bodies to get them, shape, get them in shape. Coach, big picture-wise, now that you've gone through camp and some preseason games, what influence have you seen Alex Smith have on this locker room with his leadership style and his personality? 
Well, it's been positive. There's been nothing negative, uh, obviously. So he's just a, a quality teammate. He's a veteran guy that brings the veteran leadership uh, naturally. It comes natural to him. It's nothing that's forced by him. Uh, the players all respond to him. He communicates well with uh, the, the, the rookie free agents equally as well as he does with the veteran uh, players on this football team. So a very guy, easy, easy to like, easy, very well likable guy, easy to like, uh, easy to play with, and a, a very good, uh, obviously, leader and teammate. Jay, what kind of camp has Pernell McPhee had for you guys in terms of, you know, I know questions about how he would hold up physically, how's he doing in that area, and just adjusting to what He's you guys doing are good. doing. He missed about three or four days there, a couple nagging things that we just had to rest him a few times. But for the most part, he, he's doing good. He's, uh, he's come in and he's one of the natural leaders also, a veteran guy that's come in and, and uh, worked extremely hard, communicates the defense well, and uh, he's a fit. You know, he, he can play outside linebacker. He can move inside in nickel situations. So we're just getting a feel for what's he best at, where's the best place to put him. Uh, right now, he's obviously behind Preston and Ryan Kerrigan, uh, but also we can use him in third down in different areas. But he's 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 done a great job. And how important is that in terms of having an, another pass rush option? I mean, you've had that in the past. Uh, yeah, it's good. Assignment. It's good. The good thing also is, to, you know, with Jonathan and obviously Duran, and then when Matt gets back, we have some interior pass rush already. Uh, it's not necessary, but it's also good to have different packages to get those guys some rest, bring in Purnell that maybe they can stand up and do some different things at the three techniques. So uh, we have options there on third down, which are good. All right, Redskins-Broncos, third preseason game coming up tonight at FedEx Field. And, of course, yeah, this is one that's important because the Redskins actually going to play their starters for a while. How much Adrian Peterson actually plays, we'll figure out because we'll count the snaps and we'll count the carries, and then we'll talk about it for a week straight. Uh, we will have a full post-game recap tomorrow, a special Saturday edition, mainly because I haven't done this thing in two days and also because, well, the preseason game's on a Friday, so we got to talk about it on a Saturday. So expect a Redskins podcast Tomorrow, Saturday morning, I'll have it up for you, and then we'll be back on Monday as well. Matt Nick Ashew on Twitter. Remember, Locked On Redskins podcast. If you haven't subscribed, you should probably subscribe. Very important if you did. Uh, NickAshew.com slash Locked On Redskins. Check out my work at uh, 106.7 The Fan and NBC Sports Washington as well. Talk to you tomorrow. You are Locked On Redskins. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.